In a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries, one group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Dennis Matouche. Jeff Mazuka, John Reed. Bo Warmbold. Each week, they feature one movie that reminds us why we fell in love with these films in the first place. This year, we travel back in time to 1984 and 85. You're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. Hello and welcome to our, let's see, this will be the second episode of the new year uh, and the continuation of our reactions to Star Wars The Force Awakens. Uh, This is episode number 48 for the 30-something movie podcast. Last time we were mere days out from the release, but this time we've had weeks to digest the movie and refine our thoughts. So now 20-ish days and billions and billions of dollars later, uh, we're going to dive back into The Force Awakens. Um, so this is just kind of a continuation of our discussion from before, because uh, we still had a few other things. Um, Dennis had to bail out early, so we had a few other things that we wanted to talk about, and some things we just kind of started to talk about and wanted to go into a little bit further. So uh, let's keep going with The Force Awakens. Um, did you guys have anything, I, I've got something I want to, as my first thing to bring up, but did you have anything right away that, like, you got to talk about this? I I had some I wanted to bring up. Go for it. And that was the um I started thinking about Kylo Ren. And what exactly are the knights of Ren? And then I started thinking about They, what, they want what, a shrubbery. What <laughs> what if the what if Ren is the new Sith moniker whereas previously it was Darth and all the Darths have been killed off? So now the new the new Sith moniker is Ren. You're somebody Ren, and you're all parts of the Knights of Ren. Because I really don't think Kylo has shown that he's worthy of having his own troop of soldiers that work under him. That he would be that people would be the Knights of him. So I just started speculating. You know what exactly is the Ren, and how many Ren are there? Especially if there are. Um, Dennis, you all right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, He's having a seizure. (laughs) (laughs) Why me? So anyway, (laughs) I want want to throw that out to all you guys. What do you think the Ren are? Who do you think the Ren are? Do you think the Ren is a specific group of Sith, or does it uh, refer solely to... Kylo and Kylo alone. I think it's well; those guys being called the Knights of Ren, um, and I think that in one of the discussions, in one of the parts where Supreme Leader Snoke is talking to him, he says something about. I, I almost want to say he refers to them as your Knights of Ren. Um, and so I, I agree with you that Ren is some kind of a title that it's it can apply to more than just him. Like if he were to die, then. Somebody else would call along, come along, and they might be called, you know, something Ren, um, because they're part of that group. I I have a feeling that he is the leader, even though he's a very young man. Um, that he is the leader of them, because you see that one scene where it looks like they're on whatever planet Luke was training the Jedi, and that's when they killed them all. So they're in the rain and the storm, and you see all those bodies on the ground, and you have the Knights right. of Ren standing there. He's the only one of the lightsaber. The rest of them have all these other weapons that they've used, but they're not using a lightsaber. So I wonder if that is meant to indicate that he is, even though he's very young, he's been given control over this group. And some people have speculated that it could be that these were some of the Jedi that Luke was training and that he, when he was seduced by Supreme Leader Snoke, that Kylo Ren, uh, once again, we're spoiling this. So if you haven't seen the movie, go away and go watch it and, what country do you live in? Because everyone's seen it now. Um, but when Ben Solo was corrupted by Supreme Leader Snoke, some people have said that maybe these were also some Jedi students of Luke's that were maybe not so thrilled 
with the way Luke did things, and so Kylo kind of brought them over with him. But I don't, I don't think I have too much of a problem with him being, and I don't know that that's what you were saying, about him being a very young man and then being put in charge of this group of knights. Um, because to me it seemed like, and I, I kind of like that about this movie, that everybody that was in charge, except for Supreme Leader Snoke, was very young. And it, it really looked like they were young, and you could tell they were, because it almost looked like this was a group of kids, to, to make the analogy, this is a group of kids who, you know, it'd be like neo-Nazis. Like, this is a group of people who idolize the Nazis, but they're a bunch of kids, you know, trying to play at, hey, look, we've, we've got our own empire now. We, we can do just like, we can do just as well as the grown-ups did. And so, to me, that's why you've got this very, I mean, they all seem to be very young, and it, they're not Peter Cushing. You know, it's not the empire that we saw in the old movies. So age-wise, I don't have a problem with him running the Knights of Ren, but I almost feel like he is in charge and that it could be that maybe these are some Jedi that he pulled from Luke's Academy and brought them over on his side. What do you guys think? I'm thinking. The wheels are turning. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking, too, because I didn't think we were starting off there. I mean, it was good that you did. I'm just like, I was... Yeah, I could see that. I could see it as like a group of, of uh, I could see it as a group of Jedi, or you know, I think of like you know, kid puts together a gang that kind of beat up on the teacher type of thing. I mean, that's kind of what we're all assuming that it's going. I have so to admit, like Spanky Wren and Alfalfa Wren, and mm-hmm. right. And I got to admit, and I know they're <clears throat> steering a departure from Early the Joe books, Wren. <clears throat> but one of the books was that was the story. One of Luke's. Uh, nephews goes to the dark side and turns against him. Right. Um, and so, I mean, and I got to admit, that's kind of affecting what my thoughts are because I know that was a plot line that's already been, you know, in the alternate, you know, literary universe. Um, but yeah, the title thing is interesting because, I mean, if you go back and look at um, uh, A New Hope, Obi Wan refers to Darth Vader as Darth. Right. He well, he kind of refers to it as almost like a first name. First name. Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously they're thinking a little bit more ahead with these movies, but we all assume that he took the name Kylo Ren, kind of, or at least I did. Okay, it's you know like Pat Conagallo, Kylo Ren, but well, one of it could be a title, you know, and it'll. One of those names could be a title. Interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, if he's so into following in Vader's footsteps, why wouldn't he be Darth Kylo? Mm-hmm. Or Darth why, why, why wouldn't he have gone with a name involving Darth? True. It, is it something that Supreme Leader Snoke is invoking that now that the Darth are gone, he wants to introduce the Wren as a new branch of the Sith? Yeah. Wow, it's 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 been on my mind the last couple of days as I as I've been thinking about it more and more. Like what you know, what is oh, what is the Wren? What is that? How are there knights of Wren? Where do they all come from? Is it a Sith thing, or are we eventually going to get start getting another uh, another Darth character? There was uh, just to jump in real quick. There was a tweet that went out by Pablo Hidalgo, and he is the guy with Lucasfilm that's in charge of their story group. So, the person who kind of this is the person that when they need to check and make sure that something is within continuity and that they can they can use this piece of information because it jives with the other stuff that's official. He's the guy that they go to, and he's been answering some questions on Twitter in the last few weeks or so. And on New Year's Day, on January 1st, someone asked um, where this took place. And I guess the script is out now. I haven't taken a look for it uh, on the Internet anywhere. Um, But he actually says in his tweet, it's not at Luke's Academy. It's somewhere else. So that may just be a massacre of people. It doesn't have to be other Jedi. It It sounds like it's not at Luke's, or at least in the script. That doesn't mean that they'll change that for the other the next movies but at least in the script it's not supposed to be at luke's jedi academy the other interesting thing i noticed was in the picture i tried to pull up a picture of that scene with the knights of ren and one of the guys whoa 
We want our son back. What's going Good on? Things come to the loyal. Open up a website and we got some audio going. Um, it was in the picture of the Knights of Ren. One of the guys off to the left-hand side almost looks like he's wearing a Boba Fett kind of helmet. So if this is not Jedi he's pulled from the Academy, maybe this is just a group of, you know, like-minded young hooligans that he pulled from different parts of the galaxy and they decided they wanted to join up with him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Now, has anybody seen the movie again since we last talked? Uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember if I saw it one more time. I have not. Okay. No, I have I'm not. I was wondering if any of these thoughts were also lingering thoughts from the just the first time or times you saw it, or if it was something new when you saw it a third time. Like, was it better a third time? Was it weaker again? Because remember the first time I saw it, I, I was... I thought it was a good movie, but I was a, more slightly disappointed just because of where they picked up story-wise. <laughs> it wasn't what I was anticipating. The second time, once I knew they weren't going to cover what I initially wanted, I enjoyed it more because I was already, you know, accepted the fact that they weren't starting when the good people were in power and this is a fall from power. You know, it was more already, we're back being rebels again. Yeah. So I was just wondering if somebody seeing it a third time had a different, um, if their opinion changed, fluctuated, got stronger, got worse. You mean just in terms of like the overall quality of the movie? Yeah, overall reaction to it. Like I said, the first time, I liked it. I liked it a lot. But I was disappointed that they didn't pick up where it was and I was looking for critiques. Mm-hmm. The second time, I just went in and kind of just enjoyed it and it was just better that way. So if I were to see it a third time, would I be now going back again and trying to pick out parts that we've been talking about since our last discussion? You know, like, who is who are some of the characters? And I don't know if you've seen, I guess there's an article out, because I think he, actually Jason had said sent something to me, but I, I was funny because I had talked about that with somebody before, and the origin of Ray, like, who's Ray's parents? Remember the last time I did not like the fact that I said it better not be Luke. Luke is the father of Ray. I did, I, for some reason, I just don't want that to be the case. Yeah. Um, it seemed too simple, too easy, whatever. Somebody had brought up something when they were making an argument with me, and this was further, I think, covered in some, some, I guess, an article that Jason had came across, and I was like, oh my God, I was just talking about that. And what it was was somebody had said, well, the lightsaber went very easily to, to Ray, you know, because so, it was Luke's. And I'm like, it wasn't originally Luke's. That lightsaber was Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan gave it to Luke. So with the accent, that was my other question was, I heard on an interview for the first time um, the guy who played Finn, and he's British. Yeah. And I had never known that before. So oh, he yeah. has this accent on his interviews on TV, and I'm going, why do they make him not use his accent on Star Wars? Yet they left the girl's accent in. Is that on purpose? And is that a reference back to who else had an accent, a British sort of accent? That was Obi-Wan. Alec Guinness had kind of that same sort of... So I'm wondering if Ray is somehow the granddaughter or something of... Obi-Wan. Well, maybe he was trolling the cantina, you know, looking for women before well, he... was he... doing out there in the desert? Right. <laughs> you know, why was he out in kind of exile for all them years? So oh. who's, who's to say he didn't have a family or a, or a, or a spouse or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. You know. Just something that I was thinking about since the movie. Hello there, ladies. I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi. If you give me a chance, I'll be your only hope. Yeah, Jason. Jason actually sent me a, a link. I think it's a vicious <laughs> hive of scum and villainy. I believe me. I know several of the women that go there. Those are not the droids you're looking for. This is the guy you're looking for. <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi's dating service. Do you want to see my lightsaber? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pat. What quick, say saying, something. Pat? Pat, say something. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing after that, man. Go ahead, pull out the lightsaber. Uh, no, I was just the saying, force Jason penetrates us and binds us together. That's that's right. <laughs> that energy field. Jason sent me the article, and the guy that wrote the article, he had some pretty compelling, you know, information for his case on. Um, Please tell me it's not the one that says that Ray is uh, is Anakin Skywalker reincarnated. No, Obi Wan Kenobi's no, granddaughter. Okay. granddaughter. Oh, okay. I haven't read that one. I've heard of that one, but I haven't read an article on it yet. Yeah, there was an article he sent, and it was funny because it was like literally after I had kind of made that point about the lightsaber and the accent. 
And I think the guy covered that in the article as well, some of those different points, but he had a bunch of other stuff to back it up, like Pat said. But the two that I thought about, the possibility of it being Obi-Wan's granddaughter, was the accent and the lightsaber ownership. That it wasn't Luke's lightsaber, it was Obi-Wan's originally, he got it from Obi-Wan. And that the accent, why did they keep his, her accent in, but get but, rid of this, you know, offense. But it, it wasn't Obi-Wan's lightsaber, it was Anakin's. It was, it was Darth Vader's lightsaber, or Anakin's yeah. lightsaber. Because when Obi-Wan first gives it to Luke in A New Hope, he says, this was your father's lightsaber. Yes. So that means oh, it's, yeah, a, it's, it's a Skywalker lightsaber. Okay. But, yeah. But he got it from him. They do okay, go... Yeah, okay, yeah, so I, I found an article. I don't know if it's the same one. Was it Business Insider? Do you know if it's from businessinsider.com? They uh, have... I think it was Huffington Post. Okay, this one has... Yeah, That's always true. They okay. are true journalists there at the Huffington Post. Well, I mean, and you know, when Business Insider is telling you who Ray's, you know, parents are, then you know People that they're... My, my money's on Business Insider. Mm-hmm. Um... So they, they go through the clues. They're like the accent, the Jedi mind trick scene that, you know, she's really good at it. Um, kind of poking around Starkiller base is reminiscent of when he's kind of poking around the, the Death Star to switch off the, the tractor beam. The fact that um, the you kind of have the um, Ben solo, that maybe that's a little hint that they're hinting at. You know, here's trying to throw you off the scent that, you know, this guy's name is Ben, so don't look it right. Um they said that there are similar costumes between Ray and Obi Wan in the prequels. Um, that both I think that's a stretch. That's a little bit of stretch. Both Ewan McGregor and Alec Guinness's voices appear in the uh, scene where she's holding, yeah. where she gets picks up the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Um, and this other thing they say here. Uh, lastly, quoting from this article. Lastly, J.J. Abrams has suggested that Rey's loneliness is a key to her origin, likely referencing Obi-Wan's status as a lonely hermit between episodes 3 and 4, unless Rey is Yoda's granddaughter, but probably not. I think it's the same article that was in the Huffington. Okay. Yeah. It was copied probably double, but that was almost identical to what yeah, I Yeah, that was exactly what, that's the stuff I read. Even okay. had the Yoda piece at the end. Okay. Alright, must be the same thing then. Yeah. If I can bring up something that George Lucas said recently about his initial idea for the whole story is he wanted to look at generations within one family. Yeah. Which, if they, if that's the case and uh, Abrams went with that, then it would make more sense that uh, it's uh, Luke's kid because uh, then you're looking at the further generations of the Skywalker family. And I think somebody brought up an argument saying, what if it's about the Kenobi family? I doubt mm-hmm. it. There's only been one Kenobi that we know of. Yeah. Somebody brought that up, though, and I was just yeah. saying that. Is it, well, we I mean, I don't know. I, I find that hard to, hard to believe. That what if the... Uh, what if the Skywalker wasn't really... I mean, granted, yeah, you had you know Anakin, but I mean, what... What if what if the twist is that this new trilogy is not so much about Ray, but it's about the redemption of Ben Solo? What if it's that twist? What if what if we get introduced to him as because we got introduced to him as a villain who is as opposed to a hero fighting the dark, we've got a villain who's fighting the light that's pulling on him. So what if these three movies, if it sticks with the Skywalkers, um, of which he is part Skywalker, um, what if? What if that's him? I mean, what if it's the story? Because Ray, I'm looking at how her story is going to progress, and she's already already really good at this Force stuff, and she's already really kind of got an end to you know joining the possibly joining the Resistance and all that. So I'm looking at at the opportunity for characters to progress, and I see more with Kylo Ren, Ben Solo than I do with Ray. I love her character, but if we wanted to see like a big change. I don't know. I think I see more possibilities with the Ben Solo character. And what if it ultimately is about his redemption? I mean, it could be. It's still within the same family line. Yeah. But then they also did ditch most of George Lucas's <laughs> ideas for these movies, so. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's the one thing that I counters, you know, what what I heard from him recently in an interview is the fact that he's kind of bitter about the fact that they're not doing things the way that he wanted to do. 
Really? When he called Disney white slavers, that was him being bitter? When he what? He called Disney white slavers. Oh, that's lovely. And then he had to apologize for it the next day. But yeah, he in an interview, he referred to He said it was like selling my children to white slavers. Wow. Like, uh, George? <laughs> Slightly overly dramatic there, but right. Okay. Like, let's let's um let's keep your mouth shut and go build that uh, museum in Chicago. But you know what? I, it's got to be a little bit difficult for him to be in the position he's in right now. Like, yeah, he did make the choice to sell off the company and sell off the rights, but to sit back and then you know see what other people are doing with your ideas. You know, it 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 does have to be a little frustrating, you yeah. know, for him to no longer have that say but he made the decision to no longer have that say he's he's got four, now, four billion reasons why he should be okay with it you know i'm just i'm i'm worried he's going to pull uh like an alan moore and just start saying crap just to remain relevant right yeah 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 well, what, actually, one of the things I wanted to bring up, because now it's it's further out, and I've had a chance to listen to it a few times over, is the music. Because originally that was my only criticism of the movie. And to this point, I think it still is really one of my only critics. I still love the movie. The music is the only thing that kind of took me out of it, because I wanted the music to be a little more epic. And I wanted the music to be a little more hummable. That, you know, when I when I come out of the theater... I have a good strong theme that I can start humming because I feel like I had that with all the original movies. Each one had at least one theme that I was going to come out of there, you know, humming that music and even the prequels. Even if the prequels were not the best movies in the world, the music was still awesome. And I was still going to come out of each of those movies, you know, whether it was Duel of the Fates in episode one, if it was the Across the Stars in episode two, or if it was the Battle of the Heroes or something in episode three. Each one of those had some big theme, and I actually wrote in to another podcast and mentioned this. It's a podcast where all they talk about is the music of John Williams, and I said that. I said, I didn't come out of the theater humming this. I loved the movie. I liked the music, but I didn't love it, and their response to it was, and I almost wasn't very happy about it, their response was almost to dismiss that and say, no, 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 it was awesome music. Um, You just didn't listen to it enough. And their other response to it was, well, the difference is no one had heard this music until we got to see the movie in the theater, whereas with episodes one, two, and three, there were music videos that were out way ahead of time. You got to hear Duel of the Fates you know, months before the movie came out. Um, you know, So that's, that's why people were, you know, that's why you could hum it when you left the theater because you had already heard that dozens of times before you even went into the movie. I don't know if that's true. I, I think I still had a problem with my first viewing yeah. of the movie and the music. I did read an article, and I might have shared that one with you guys, in which in the article it said that the reason the music didn't seem as prominent um, that they argued was because the way J.J. Abrams directs his movies and the fast cuts between scenes doesn't give you doesn't give John Williams the same opportunity to have these vast portraits of music you know it doesn't have these you don't have these long sweeping scenes where you can have these big dramatic themes with jj abrams it's fast cuts and so it's almost more you've got musical cues and not longer themes did you guys have you had a chance to listen to more of the music or or if you've gone back to watch the movie again did did the music change for you after we talked about it one of the last times or I haven't done anything more with uh, with the music other than look at the uh, Snoke's music and how it compares to yeah. the music from Episode Three. Yeah, I haven't I haven't studied much I haven't studied much more of the music. I mean, it would be now you have the soundtrack, right? I do. Yeah. And I mean, you know, can you? And now is it? Is it is it the same? You know, because the originals they released versions of the soundtrack where you could listen and it had all the music. That the that soundtrack. Do you? I mean, does the soundtrack do that, or is it like individual tracks? Like this is the such and such scene. This is the such and such scene, and it's it's individual tracks. Um, 
and it's to me each one of them there's about 23 tracks on here but what's really interesting is my favorite moment in the entire movie and this was once i figured this out um it made me a little frustrated at the actual soundtrack the the cd that i bought um one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, and I mentioned that last time, was when they're reaching out, when he's reaching for that lightsaber to pull it out of the snow, and it flies past him, lands in her hand, and then it kind of brings up that... Um, it's actually, the, I think it's the Force theme, but it's the Force theme from when Luke gets to his uh, aunt and uncle's house and he sees them there burning. Mm-hmm. It's that music. It's the... Da, 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 da. It's a very dramatic. And, and I'm listening to the soundtrack... And that's not the version they put on there. Okay. It's much more subdued. It's much less dramatic than that. And that kind of made me frustrated because I'm listening to the track is uh, track number 20 on the soundtrack called The Ways of the Force. Mm-hmm. And it's when they're fighting and, and when she kind of realizes when she gets up and she reaches for that lightsaber and it pulls to her hand and then they start dueling and she really starts to, to pull on the force. It's that piece of music, but you listen to that piece of music on the soundtrack, and it never has that really dramatic moment where it brings back that force theme from the old movies. So right. that part I was a little frustrated on. Some of the apparently some of the soundtrack um, tracks on here are the they're not the versions from the movie; they are the concert versions. So they're okay. a little they're a little bit different. Yeah. But the only, for me, um, I'll try to play a couple of them here, and I think you guys will be able to hear them. Um, for me, there's really only, there There was Ray's theme, which after I listened to it a few times, I really like that one. Um, and then I listened to it a little bit more, and Kylo Ren does have a little bit, I don't know if I want to call it a theme, but more of a cue. Kind of like how in the first Star Wars, Darth Vader didn't have, they didn't have the Imperial March, but they had that dun, 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 kind of. Uh, little musical cue that they had, but Ray's theme. So we can play a little bit of that. Can you guys hear that? Is that coming through for you guys? Yeah, lightly. But... Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a pretty quiet. Yeah. So the podcast that I listened to that talks about the John Williams music, they kind of uh, that was they spent an entire episode just talking about that theme mostly, and they kind of broke it apart and said, well, because she's a scavenger, there are little bits in there that sound like the music of the Jawas from the original Star Wars and some of the desert music from the original Star Wars, and there's a little bit of a um, little bit of Force theme that shows up in there um, from the original. So that I really like that one. That's probably one of my favorite pieces of music in the whole thing that and when you get to the the last track on here is called the jedi steps and finale is when she's on that island um walking up to go see luke and i did you know the more i listened to it i have liked the kylo ren music a little bit more let me see if i can find so we can find his real quick
so I, I decided that I do like his music, but there's not, it's it's mostly just that cue. It's that dun, 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 kind of that thing. Um, yeah. It's not necessarily a full theme, but the more I listen to it, I think I do like it a little bit better. It just, it reminds me of the same way that Darth Vader's music did in the original Star Wars. Um, it reminds me of like an old monster movie or, or an old horror film or something like that. Just the way the music sounds. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, and I say, I say this and I, I want to be very careful because it's so easy to sit here and say, Oh, well this was that and this was that. And that. And no one's calling me to write movie music. No right. one's calling me to write, you know, and, and, and do that stuff. So I don't want to sit here and, say something that would maybe sound like a pot shot of John Williams. But I guess that's the thing. And you 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 know, you refer to it as like a cue. Right. When I listen to that, I mean it's 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 cool to listen to. It's it's interesting to listen to, but again, it it if you listen to that on on its own, there isn't like, you know, the the Imperial March. I mean that's like right. a standalone piece. And all you need are two or three. I mean and that's why, you know, a new hope <laughs> didn't have the Imperial March. But it had two or three themes that could be, you know, pieces of their own right. Yeah. In an empire, they introduce something new. They <clears throat> introduce the Imperial March. Okay, well, there's something new. I just, I didn't get that. And now Ray, obviously, you know, she had a theme, and it was a little bit more subdued. And you know, you you mentioned like the different, you know, it was like a, a scavenger, and and so there's that element in there, and the, the different pieces. But again, there was no. I mean, when you watch the originals, I mean, the Imperial March theme, you know, you know, like some seriously bad dudes are coming your way when you hear that. When yeah. you they play that, da 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 da, and they they launch into that and everything, you know, something really awesome is going to happen. That march at the end when they're marching up to get their medals, I mean, that's a very dramatic point in the movie, and the music supports that. I, I just don't remember getting a sense of that in this movie. I. I say that humbly because I couldn't, I can't write, you know, John Williams has more musical talent in his fingernail than I have in my entire body. But that, that's just the one piece with the music. I, I just, what was, what was the big theme that I can take away from this movie? And, right. I, well, and I think we talked about it before, and I think you're all summing up the same thing in the fact that, John, you get the soundtrack, you listen to it, and you're going to find some pieces that you like that are kind of interesting. But the bottom line is, in the movie, the music wasn't a factor as it normally is in past movies. That doesn't mean it's necessarily bad, like it's it's bad, because I don't think it's bad. I think it was good. It wasn't memorable. It wasn't like in the video you saw earlier where it's, there's nothing hummable about it. You don't walk out right. and you're not thinking, okay, you know, this is in your head. This music is stuck in your head. It did its job. It served the movie. It just wasn't a big factor or a memorable, hummable experience that you're going to walk away with. But it wasn't, like, distracting and it wasn't absent. It just was what it needed to do at the basic requirement of a film. Right. But the well, music I, of Star but the I, music I, of Star I, Wars I is so epic. Point. Point. I, I think I think you brought up a good point too, in that the way this movie was filmed, it just the scenes weren't long enough to lend itself to having these really sweeping themes coming through time and time again. The 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 shots were a little bit more quick, uh, faster cuts, so there really wasn't much time to establish Yeah. Uh, specific themes and the uh, and the only scenes once, let alone to be repeated right and the only scenes where, where you you're did actually about it when you leave right and the only scenes where you actually got some of the, like those sweeping scenes like you said were Ray and with Ray's theme you know oh, when yeah. she's out uh, scavenging it's early on in the movie it's when you see those huge shots of her standing next to the crashed star destroyer or okay. you've got the shots of her on her um, land speeder thing. Um, you know, flying off across the desert. And those are the, really the only times that you get those type of scenes that really looked like the original Star Wars. And that's when you get her music. And so it's, I, mm -hmm. I feel like that's maybe why that's one of the only themes that feels like old Star Wars to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, here's the, the last one, Jedi Steps and Finale.
something you've got and that's the part where she's on the island she's walking the steps she's going up to see where luke is and then to me it was the beginning and the end of the movie um then of course you got the star Wars, you got the the theme coming back in there from the originals but it was the beginning and the end where you didn't really have a whole lot of dialogue and you had those scenes that it gave you the opportunity to have music replace the dialogue and have music be the dialogue because that's one thing that I think people have said over and over again is that John Williams' music is really sometimes what's, I don't want to say what's driving the story, but it's it's either its own character or it's its own dialogue for the movie. You know, it tells the story as much as the acting and the the plot do. Um, and I just kind of felt like the beginning and the end of the movie are really the only times that you get a chance for his music to really shine. So I'll be curious to see, you know, we've got different different director coming up in, you know, for episode eight. So, you know, if he directs things a slightly different way, then will we see a difference in the music or I don't know. Well, will Williams even be back to do the music in the next one? I, you know, I think well, he's getting up there, but I know he's said that he would like to. So I think they have plans well, just to have because it. he'd like to doesn't necessarily mean that that's the direction they're going to want to go with it. Right. I think as long as he's able to, they've said they want him to continue. So I, maybe as long as he's around and able to do it, I think they may still bring him back in for it. That might change, but... All right, well, did you guys have anything else Anything else that was bothering you about the new Star Wars? Anything else you wanted to bring up that we hadn't had a chance to talk about yet? Um... I just I thought, thought it was a lot of uh, what I was going to say, and it's and and I was going to say after talking to you guys, I find it interesting because in in, in speaking with people, <clears throat> there seems to be two camps of people. I mean, I, I met a couple folks that like I'm not I've never met I haven't met anybody that really like doesn't like the movie, but there's two camps: people that were kind of lukewarm on the movie, and then people that really liked it. And it's interesting because the thing that made everybody really lukewarm about the movie. Pardon the pun. I was going to say, yeah. Um, yeah, was they felt that it related too much, or they took stole too much from the first one, or from you know episode four. She was sneaking around to you know take turn off the power. Star Killer Base was like the Death Star, um, you know. And you go on down the list, and I found it interesting that the, those see, there's like two major camps on this movie, you know. And it's like there's people that they didn't like that. And there was all these things, and, and that and that was and that was like that was like this was, man, eh, that was too much like the original. That was too much like the original. That was too much like the original. And then there's the other camp that was like, man, this is so great. This is like this is getting closer to what Star Wars should be. He he, you know, J.J. Abrams got away. You know, the episode one, two, and three were not so good. Now now he's brought it back to. It. So it seems like it was like the same thing. Either makes people love it or hate it. You guys get what I'm saying? There's also a thing right now that um, uh, it's becoming popular to hate on the movie just because it's the anti-stance. Oh, yeah. That's... So there's a lot of that going around as well. People are finding things to hate just so they don't have to say they like it because it's, it's a thing that's happening. Yeah. I'm cool because yeah. I'm different. I'm not part of that crowd, man. I think, like, I don't know, I, just, I, I think people are hating on it is, yeah, if you're doing that response, I think it's in response to just, again, trying to be different or whatever it is. I know that my initial critique of it was fueled by some of, I was just not happy that they didn't start telling the story where I wanted them to. And that's why I said my first experience watching it was, I like the movie, I think it's done really well. It's done and put together well. I like that they he dropped all the CGI stuff um, that you don't really see CGI. He went very real camera, which I expected J.J. Abrams to do. It was where they picked up the story that was my, my first initial critique. After watching it again, there was a lot of unanswered things. I'm actually probably more positive about it overall in the sense that I want to see if it's going to be a payoff in the end. So I'm willing to – so I don't hate it. I have questions, and those questions, though, are going to be revealed in the next two movies, and they're going to be either really worth it and I'm happy about it, or, you know, I just had to get over the initial, okay, you didn't tell the story where the fall of the good people 
you know, the rebels and who are now the good people in charge. We didn't see all the, that 30 years. And that, that was the one thing that I just didn't like, I think, initially. But I can't. Dennis, I, I, I wasn't trying to say that that you're in that camp of hating on it just to be yeah. different. Oh no, I know. I mean, th th there's a difference between yeah. having elements of the movie that you didn't enjoy, and spouting out opinions of this. You know, this is a bunch of garbage. This movie sucked. Yeah. I don't know how anyone could like it. That's yeah. the kind of crap that people are starting to do more and more now, okay. just to be different. Yeah, I wasn't, I trying, wasn't trying to say that that was you. No, no, I didn't think you were saying that. Okay, no, I didn't think so. I was just saying, like, I can understand something. Those people you almost have to dismiss because, again, they're just doing it for whatever reason. If you have valid concerns, okay, that's fine. I think I, I think it's hard for anybody to argue that the movie was, wasn't was put together well, meaning the scenes, the pacing, um, the length of the movie, the acting, I think, was far superior than some of the other ones. There was a little bit of judgment of whether there's too much humor in there. But, you know, those are little criticisms. I think overall it was still very well done. I like that the scenes didn't have 50 million TIE, you know, X-Wing fighters and TIE fighters. I mean, it was, very, it was a more realistic approach to it, which is similar to what I think he did with um, the original Star, when he did the Star Trek one. Yeah. The first Star Trek had that real feel to it where it was, like, believable, and there's special effects, but the key is they don't look like special effects. You believe they really exist in that world, and I think he did an awesome job of putting it together. So professionally, I think it was very, very well done. Um, whether you argue story elements and where this might go is actually also a good thing because it now piques interest to the next one, and it's going to get people thinking and talking about it. So J.J. Abrams might be, you know, and the, the writers, it's not just J.J. Abrams, but the writer, I forgot what the other guy is. I mean, if, they're, if they did it well... They know where they want to go with this, and they're not just winging it. And if that's right. the case, I think some of the nostalgia back to the old Star Wars and some of those clues to make it look like it's the New Hope could be flipped on our heads and set us up for a trick or a twist later on where it doesn't go that route, and you get the pleasant surprise. So that actually leads into one of my one of my last couple of questions for us, is what are you most looking forward to, or what is it you would like to see in Star Wars Episode Eight? It's coming out in, what is it, a year and a half? No, is it a year and a half? Yeah, is it May 2017? So it's coming up soon. We've got Rogue One coming up next in December. Um, and I feel like Episode 8 is coming out, yeah, I want to say it's next summer. Um, so what are you looking forward to most, or what would you like to see in Episode 8? Who's going first? I'm not going to – I hate to say it. I'm going to reject the question and then answer the question. I'm going to reject it just because I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to think because if I think one thing, then I'm going to be sitting in the theater, and, and then if I don't get the thing I thought, then I'm going to be upset. So I'm just you, not going to You're just hating on my question so you can be different. I'm going to hate on your question. Okay, fine. Here, here, I'll answer it. More Millennium Falcon. More <laughs> okay, Millennium the Millennium Falcon, Falcon will fly again again. Bam. Done. Okay. I, I want to I see the Falcon fly again. <laughs> I, I want to see Luke. I want to know who Luke is. Yeah, who, who's this Luke of 30 years in the future and kind of get a little bit more info about him? Not so much. I don't want to see him jump in and join the party right away, but I would like to to learn more about his journey of the last 30 years and, and who is he now and what does he feel he has to contribute if anything, at this point. Right. Because, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, wouldn't it be funny if he decided to piss everybody off and put, as opposed to putting Luke at, only at the very end, he puts Luke only at the very beginning and then he's not in the rest of episode eight? Oh, I would hate that. He grabs the, the lightsaber and disappears. Hey, thanks a lot. I've been looking for that. I, I know. Okay, Ryan, Ryan Johnson, uh, Ryan Johnson, who did Looper, is the next director. He's the director for episode eight. I know a friend of his mother's, so I will get a. If he does that, I will get a message to him and tell him okay. that I hate him. But yeah, then, but then also the that if he wants power. to talk to us, then that would be fine. Mind power to get the lightsaber from her, so now it goes into his hand. Then all of a sudden, he turns and runs, a la Monty Python, and just starts running away. <laughs> Never comes back. And, and the whole while screaming, "Run away! Run, run away. away!" Yeah. Um, and, and then you go back to where Starkiller Base was. And you have you know this little asteroid floats by with Han Solo's body on it. I'm not dead yet. Yeah. I'm feeling much I got, better. I got better. We are the knights who say Ren. 
<laughs> there you go. There you go. I think we're on to something. Paul Brooks, get him in on this. Spaceballs too. The Schwartz Awakens. All right. Oh, I like it. I, you know, because okay. the whole thing with Luke, I, I want to know more about him. Like you said, Jeff, I want to know more about him because really we, we met him when he was a farm boy and then he, he got to be a rebel and then it wasn't until the very end because he wasn't officially a Jedi until he confronted Vader and the Emperor and that was at the very, very end of Return of the Jedi. So we didn't get to see him as a Jedi you know, for more than like 20 minutes. So that's what I'm yeah, curious to see is how does this guy, because obviously he's going to look back at the, the history of, in the comics, because um, I've, been, I've been buying some of the comics, and apparently those are official uh, part of the story, part of the backstory. He's been uncovering, like he found a journal from Obi-Wan Kenobi. And so he's been uncovering some information about the Jedi of the past. So he's got to oh, know. that was a great issue. Did you, did you read that one too? Yeah. He's got to awesome. know that the he's got to know that the Jedi messed up, and so I'm curious to see. You've got this one guy; he's the only one left, or at least as far as he knows, and he's got the chance to restart the whole thing. And if you're the one guy left, and you know about the mistakes that everybody made in the past that brought about the Empire, mm-hmm. what do you, I mean? You, it's it, you, the slate is, it's now we'll go to one of Pat's other favorite movies. It's like the never-ending story. Everything has been destroyed, and you can remake it using your imagination. That's basically, you know, if we can have the the Falcor fly again, then we could have you know uh, Luke, Luke remaking yeah. the whole Ooh, thing. And... That was coming. Uh. That was coming. But no, I'm just I'm like you, Jeff. I'm I'm curious to see who this Luke Skywalker is because we haven't really seen him as a Jedi. We saw him as somebody who was working toward that, and then at the very end of the last movie, boom! Now he's confronted them. He's a Jedi. Roll credits. So that I will be curious to see. I don't know. Did the bullies at the end of? Uh, just sorry. Um, <laughs> the bullies at the end of Return uh, of the Jedi. Did, 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 did it happen? Oh, I forget. Um, I think Ray beat up on Kylo Ren. I, I think that bully's got it. <laughs> okay, here's probably now. Question for John: When you say you want to find out about Luke, who Luke is, do you want to find out going forward or going backwards? No, I want to find out going forward. I mean, so I want, I want to find out what happened in the 30 years and why he's out there hiding so much. Not really. You don't want to see it. You might want it explained, right? But you don't want it. You don't need the story to go back and, and see that. I don't need. I I would be. I would like to have little hints at what he decided to do with the Jedi Order. Um, you know, did he did he do it differently? Did they become? When I go back to Star Wars and what I wish before the prequels came out, I had in my head, and I used to write, you know, stories on my own. I, I fanficked it, big time, and I used to write these stories about what I thought the prequels would be like before the prequels ever got made. And I always saw the Jedi as I, I took it the whole, um, you know, Seven Samurai route, the whole, you know, the influence of all the the Japanese movies, and I always saw the Jedi as these warrior monks. And that's how I always thought of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So when I thought of what the old Jedi Order was like, it would be this monastic order. And the prequels, you know, crapped all over that. So what Jar-Jar I would like Binks to... Jar Binks in your stories? No, there was no Jar Jar Binks <laughs> in my stories. Um, there were never any bathroom scenes in my stories. So there was nothing even remotely resembling Jar Jar. Uh, but what I would like to see is I'd like to see, did Luke decide... Because obviously he's in... He went to the original Jedi Temple. He's there by himself, um, you know, very much a, a monastic type existence. Did he choose to take the Jedi back to their more mystical, religious type roots instead of it being this, you know, you've got a Jedi Council and it's almost like its own little country with its own little. Um, you know, you're the group of people running everything, and it's it's more about rules and regulations. And or did he take it back to? It's like a Buddhist temple, or something like that. And I would I would like little hints of that, but I don't need that to be a big part of the story. I just want to know who he is now and going forward. And I don't need to st- I don't need him to stick around for very long. If he if to further the story he needs to die in the next movie, I'm all right with that. But I want to find out at least who he is. I want to find out why he bailed on everybody. Yeah, because that was to, my thing is, why did he bail? Because to me, if you're the guy that's been fighting for the galaxy your entire life, what is it that causes you to give up now? Is it because you screwed up and, you know, you lost your sister's kid or 
I, to me that when you had to fight your own father, yeah, I don't see that as being something that causes you to run away. So I'm curious to know exactly why he disappeared after all this happened. Okay, so piggybacking on that, because that you asked what we want to see, and that's that's one of my things was was definitely, I want the question answered. Why did Luke end up where he where he is? I want to know why that happened. Somehow that has to be explained to me because it's huge. Like you said, it's almost out of character because throughout the earlier ones, it was always Han Solo who was like ready to selfishly kind of go away, but then would come back and go away and come back. Like he was reluctant. He was the reluctant hero. Right. Where 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 uh, Luke was always the, I want to be that hero. I want to be that guy. I want to always, you know, but she's in there. We got to help her. We got to save the princess. We got to do this. We got to, he was always there. And like you said, he ends up fighting his own father and basically almost destroying, you know, he, he saved him by letting him almost destroy him. And he, what would make him run away? You know, what would make him run away? What's so bad that he would run away and just leave? And what, what the heck happened? So I want that question definitely answered because it's huge. I think, um, I'd like to see a lot of the story focus on him and Ray, um, and the development of her. And then really, I think in the next one, they need to have a real badass character. So whether that's Kylo Ren really turning into somebody to be that villain, because right now he's not really a villain. He's got the light in him. He's got the dark in him. He was the troubled kid. He needs to either really become ruthless and be somebody who we need to be afraid of that someone's going to have to save us all from him or, we don't. Some other character has to come in, whether or, that's Snoke being developed or whatever. But or, or Captain Phasma, the Chrome Stormtrooper, can do something Darth other Vader. than just holding a gun. I hate to say that they need a Darth Vader, um, but because you don't need Darth Vader itself, but you need somebody right now because they're not. I don't want to see them rely on some big Death Star type of thing. I want just somebody who's bad, somebody who's bad and powerful and becoming more powerful. That's going to be this huge threat, and that's what I want to see be developed in the second one. And again, if it's Kylo Ren, it's Kylo Ren, but he needs to turn from, you know, Josh Groban, disgruntled, angst boy to, I know I'm badass now, and I'm, you know, if that's what, if, they, if he's going to be the villain. Every time you call him Josh Groban, I want him to have a musical number. <laughs> just just for you. All right. Well, I wonder, we're going to wrap this up here in just a minute or so. So very, very quickly, I, I have, and we can kind of tie these two together. Um Episode 8 is not the next Star Wars movie that will be coming out. So very quickly, Rogue One comes out this Christmas. Um, and then coming in about, is it two, two and a half years, they are doing a young Han Solo movie. And they're currently looking for actors right now to play a young Han Solo, supposedly in his either <laughs> upper teens or early to mid-twenties. Um, you could pull it off, John. I, I think I could. I think I could. I think it's, you know, before Han really pulls himself together and, um, you know, gets in with Chewie and they actually get off the couch and go do things, I, I think I could be a young Han Solo. Moving on. Um, so Rogue One is coming up in December. Now, this one is supposed to be set between episodes three and four. The story is supposed to be that they are tracking down and uh, getting the plans to the Death Star, that this is the team that gets those plans and brings them to the rebels. Um, they have said in a couple of different articles that you shouldn't expect to see any Jedi. They will be mentioned maybe and their maybe um, and their influence or the, the history of the Jedi may be felt or referenced and you won't necessarily see Darth Vader or the emperor, but their presence will be felt as well. So, what do you think about that? This is a Star Wars movie that's not going to feature Jedi. Do you have to have Jedi for it to be a Star Wars movie? Obviously not, but for it to be a Star Wars movie that works. This sounds like it's going to be more of a military infiltration, you know, get the plans and get out kind of thing. Um, is that a Star Wars movie, or did they just tack the name on it so they could sell lots of tickets? More Star Wars, more better. Okay. But even, even if you don't see a single lightsaber? Wait, is the Millennium Falcon going to show? Well, the Millennium Falcon, I'm sure, will be in the young Han Solo movie, so you'll be okay. I, uh... I, I, do you need a lightsaber? You know, I, I mean, the original one, I don't want to say barely had any lightsabers, but, I mean, the original one, the, the whole Jedi thing, played only a piece of that whole movie. 
the one that people say was such a you know a, a, um, like the best Star Wars ever, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, okay, they had a little bit more of the lightsaber fighting, and Luke was in training, and they focused a little bit more on on the Jedi thing. But I mean, <clears throat> and I think it was someone here described that movie, The Empire Strikes Back, was like a chase movie. Like the entire movie, it was always running, and a lot of it was Han Solo flying the ship. I mean, I don't think you necessarily need that to be, you know, like just Jedi and just lightsabers. I don't think you need that to to make a a Star Wars movie. But ultimately, and all the other, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Um, I th- I think it can work. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see what they do with it. But playing devil's advocate here, in all of the other movies, your main character is a Jedi. We've never had a Star Wars movie where the main character and the main villain are not Jedi or Sith or Wrens or whatever they are. This one, we obviously won't have that. Yeah, and maybe maybe I'm the exception, but you guys could, it's easy. What was I the most excited to see when Star Wars came out? Millennium the Millennium Falcon. Falcon. I mean, the Jedi thing is cool, but that's what I was fired up for. So I, you know. Okay. So you're fine. I'm not. Again, like I said, I'm excited for it. I This will not phase me right. at all. It, if it has Star Wars in the title, I will go watch it. Right. Right. We lose you. Dennis is just Dennis. staring blankly into space. Yeah. So wait, no, John, are you're playing devil's advocate or you're concerned because it doesn't have more of the Jedi story? No, I'm, I don't know that I'm concerned. It's going to have a different feel to it. So I think I'm going to go with this one. I just went in with pure excitement and you can hype this episode seven up as, as much as you want and you just go for it. And I will eat up every moment of hype you're going to throw at me. Um, you can't dampen my spirits. With this one, I think I'm going to go into it cautiously optimistic. Yeah, and I think that's how most people will. So they will also be more forgiving in some ways about it, I think, too. Right. Because yeah. it's just, you don't expect, it's not part of the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Right. right. It's, right. it's Laverne and Shirley. It's not happy days, you know, and if right. it works out good, it's good. But if it's not, it's not the end of the world. Okay. What about the young? When you look at all the spinoff TV shows that they've done, uh, uh, involving the Star Wars canon, the the animated shows that they've done, those have all been, uh, for the most part, accepted pretty pretty widely. That you know people really enjoy those. So maybe yeah. this won't be as as out there as we're all thinking. Yeah. And you know, it's it's kind of you mentioned Laverne and Shirley and Happy Days. I mean, look at the X Men. They tried a Wolverine spinoff movie, and that one met with, <clears throat> you know. A lot, that was kind of bleh, but that didn't slow them down. I mean, they just kept that X-Men thing going. So I think you're right. There's pl- there's plenty of other, the animated stuff out there to show that, okay, we don't necessarily need to be locked into this exact storyline, and it can still be accepted. And if for some reason it does tank or go under, it's an offshoot. It's a, you know, it's a spinoff, so it, that doesn't affect, you know, oh, well, that spinoff wasn't very good, so we're not going to go see Episode Eight now because they've just totally blown the whole franchise. It, it you know, it's kind of, it's yeah. got the movie equivalent of plausible deniability. And what about this young Han Solo movie? So that one to me was was kind of an interesting choice to go back and there have been some books now. Obviously, none of those books are official anymore, um, where they went back and kind of told some of the backstory of Han Solo. What do you think about that one? I mean, that one. There are certain characters that. I feel a little uneasy when I see people wanting to reboot them, like an Indiana Jones. Now, I know they're coming out with another Indiana Jones with Harrison Ford in it, but they've talked about doing a reboot of Indiana Jones and having somebody else be that character. To me, that's different than a James Bond. I don't know why. I, it's James Bond, I get it. It's And maybe just because I grew up by the time there had already been three James Bonds. Um, but that one, it's a rotation of actors. To me... Han Solo is Harrison Ford. Indiana Jones is Harrison Ford. I don't know that it's ever going to feel the same if they ever put somebody else in it. So to go back and say that you're going to redo this young Han Solo movie, and it's not going to be necessarily, you know, him grow. it's not like episode one. It's not him as a kid, a little kid, and then growing up and becoming Han Solo. You're going to meet him when he's about 20, 25. I think they've said it's 10 years before uh, Star Wars episode four. So it's in that in-between time, but it's about 10 years before we meet him in the original Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. How does that make you feel? 
I think it could be done. Like, I agree with you on a lot of the Harrison Ford is this, Harrison Ford is that. And many people argue that William Shatner was obviously Captain Kirk, but then Chris yeah. Pine came in and played a young um, Captain Kirk in that, and it worked, and it was accepted, I think. And That's true, I, and I really like Chuckies. it. So I think that worked. It can work. I think it's rare, and it's a big risk, and I think it's very hard. You better get the right person. It better be the right script. All Everything has to be in place for that to work. Right actor, bad script, you're not going to like it. You know, great script, bad actor, horrible choice, not going to work. You know, so everything's got to be there for that to really sell, I think, and really make it a young Han Solo that's going to work. To me, I just, I don't know, as a writer, I'm questioning, I don't know if that would be the first character I would pick to make a spinoff solo. I know he's popular, I know the Millennium Falcon, but I just think he was a smuggler and he was, you know, this before. I'm, I'm like, I guess you could have some interest in how he got, you know, with the whole Chewbacca situation and, and all that, but like, What's going to be the adventures of the smuggler? I don't know. Is that is going to it, be super is he, exciting or? Okay. So is he? Like is he like? Kessel, I'd like to see a Kessel Spice run. Kessel just, run. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got that. Twelve parsecs. Fourteen. Fourteen. That's twelve. It's twelve. <laughs> we'll just see all the different times that he tries it. Like the first time he gets it in sixteen, then he tries it again, he gets it in fourteen, yeah. and then finally twelve. Um, so it will. But will this end up being? And this is maybe kind of my last point on this. Will this end up being, will this have the Boba Fett factor? Boba Fett was cool, and then you get episode two, and he's a whiny little kid. And the same thing with Darth Vader. Um, I don't know that, like you said, he's a smuggler. I don't need to know anything else about Han Solo's backstory. The yeah. the times where I would read some of the stories, the like short stories or things they would tell about how he and Chewbacca met up, that was interesting. I don't know that that's a whole movie, though. Exactly, and that's exactly how I feel about it. So I don't know that I need to see. That that's what I'd be like. Oh, let's write a movie about Han Solo. Right. Yeah, I don't know that I want that. I don't want to know that much more because it don't. It kind of ruined Boba Fett for me to see him as a little kid. I don't need to see him as he's a bounty hunter. That's all I need to know. Yeah, the one actor, the one actor I've seen so far that they've been, and they've there. I read something yesterday that they're looking at like two thousand different actors to see who they can find that's close enough to a young Han Solo. The one that keeps popping up uh, on different websites is Chandler Riggs, um, Carl from The Walking Dead. Oh, okay. I, I don't think I see him as a young Han Solo. Yeah, I, I don't think I. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't know why. Everybody, I, I don't know if it's just. That should be still wearing the hat. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's the just because he's got long dark hair, or I don't know what it is. But people keep trying to push him as you know he's the front runner. Then I don't think there's anybody that's a front runner yet if they're you know having two thousand people try out for it. But mm. all right, well I think that then is going to do it. Um, we need a little exit music here. There we go. All right, well that's going to do it for our. Part two discussion of The Force Awakens. Like I said, we're going to be talking Star Wars from now until everybody dies. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about it as we've got more more movies coming out. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, our voicemail line is 87235-MOVIE. That's 872-356-6843. Our crowdfunding page uh, and where you can also listen to our episodes if you don't get them on iTunes is the30podcast.podbean.com. Uh, if you'd like to donate to the show, you can click on the link that says Be My Patron and donate there. Uh, we are also on the Stitcher uh, radio podcast app. We are on uh, the Satchel podcast app, which is on Android right now, but will be on iOS very, very soon. Uh, Google Play, as soon as they list podcasts there, we are already on their list. So when they get that going, we'll be there. And, of course, we're on iTunes as well, which you can also leave us a review. Uh, make it five stars and have it say... Jeff is a beautiful, beautiful man. Verbatim, say that. Um, and Pat's not too bad looking either. We're on Twitter, at 30 Podcast. Um, what, about, what about Dennis? Oh, Dennis, you're still here. <laughs> That's cold, man. I yeah. got, I'm, I'm, there's chills. Okay. On the, uh, on the iTunes review, five stars. Uh, well, Jeff is we'll a beautiful man. De Dennis is still here. De you're right. Jeff is a beautiful Jeff man. Jeff is a beautiful, beautiful man. Pat's yeah. not too bad yeah. looking, too. And, and Dennis is still here. And Dennis is here. If Although you'd like to we tweet, don't know why. well, if you'd like to tweet about Dennis still being here, you can tweet us at, at @30podcast. Uh, Jeff, have you been tweeted lately? Woo! 
There we go. Jeff got tweeted again. So every time you tweet, uh, Jeff rings a bell. Um, our email is, th- I think that's a different movie. Our email is 30podcast at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook, facebook.com slash 30podcast. Um, if MySpace was still around, we'd probably be on there too, but it's not. So we're not on MySpace. Oh. All right. Until next time, this has been the 30-something movie podcast, and we love you all very, very deeply. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>